My dear brothers and sisters, Christ our God has died. Last night I reflected with you, those of you who were able to make it, that in the sacred Triduum liturgies, we do not do something that simply recalls an event of the past, as if it were a play, something simply to be remembered, but rather it does a representation. It makes it present once more. It's not as if we're at Calvary today. We are. And our Lord passes. He breathes forth his last breath, and he dies. In the life of the church, after the services on Friday afternoon and on Holy Saturday, there is a sacred silence that takes place. There's no Mass on Good Friday. It's only a, a brief service today. There's no Mass truly on Holy Saturday. The Paschal Vigil takes place technically on Sunday. And so Saturday is a day of Silence, stillness. Any of us who have tasted the death of a loved one, a friend, know that death brings a shock to the soul, a numbness to the body, oftentimes an inability to find words, but the things that speak most powerfully are the tears that pour forth from one's eyes. The church invites us to the same attitude as we come to this most holy of hours, the hour when Christ took on the sins of all humanity, when every sin that had ever been committed was weighted on the shoulders of our Lord. It was defeated with his death on the cross. Again, this liturgy makes present that reality. The Good Friday service is broken into three parts. First, the Liturgy of the Word, which we are celebrating currently, culminating especially in the proclamation of the Gospel. The second portion is the veneration of the cross. The veneration of the cross is an important event for us because it's not, again, as if it were the cross. It is the cross. It's not a sign that we venerate, but rather in some mystical manner which we are unable to comprehend. What we come forward to venerate is the sacred wood of the cross, on which die the Savior of the world. So much is proclaimed as the priest processes in with the lighted candles and the crucifix held high for adoration and veneration of the faithful. Three parts will stop and sing that sacred hymn. Behold the wood of the cross. Not a sign, not a symbol. Behold the wood. The church increases its devotion and our understanding 
that the cross that we venerate is truly a veneration of the cross of Christ. And one of those ways that it does so is by a venerable tradition of the church, not included in the rubrics, but often held in the life of the faithful. Some of you may recall the instance of Moses as he hears the Lord speak from the burning bush. And the Lord God says to him, remove your sandals, for you stand on holy ground. So too, a venerable tradition of the church is to remove one's shoes or sandals. That's a recognition that we are indeed on holy ground. And barefoot, we come to our Lord, and we genuflect before the cross and venerate it. It's important that it's a genuflection. In the life of the church, we venerate things with a bow, even a profound bow, if it's a sign or a symbol of something. We genuflect only to things that are instruments of God and salvation. We bow to the Blessed Sacrament. We bow to the cross. Rather, we genuflect. We bend our knees in adoration and veneration of the true cross right before our eyes. After that encounter with the cross, we are invited then to Holy Communion, recognizing the gift that we have just encountered, the means by our salvation in time. The Lord gives us the gift of a brief amount of eternity to taste of himself in his flesh. In the ancient tradition of the church, there was one day a year in which the faithful did not receive Holy Communion, and it was Good Friday. It's interesting enough, because it was the one day in which there was a complete separation from Christ our God. Not even a moment of communion for us, because he laid in the tomb. But today the church gives us Holy Communion, and it's an opportunity for us to recognize that the body of Christ which has been crucified for us is the same body of Christ that we receive in the Eucharist. Not a sign, not a symbol, but in fact the truth. At the end of the liturgy, Holy Communion is brought to the rear of the church, will repose in the sacristy, and then return back out for a closing prayer. I know here there's been a bit of confusion of whether the liturgy ends when the priest walks out with our Lord, but uh, just to encourage you that there is another couple of prayers that remain still. And so we come forth for those closing prayers. And again, as we mentioned yesterday, that the church sees this as a continuation of Holy Thursday and a transition point looking forward to the Holy Saturday and, of course, the Easter Vigil. So in the same manner as there was no opening sign of the cross at the end, there is no final blessing. Rather, silence and peace. The crosses will be left for us with the candles at each side for us to say and to pray. In the same manner as last night, we processed over to the hall to be able to venerate our Lord 
in the Blessed Sacrament for a couple of hours of time to pray with Him in Gethsemane. So too here in this time, we are invited to stay and to keep watch. To gaze upon the cross, the instrument of our salvation. And to see the lifeless body of our Lord, who sleeps the sleep of death, that we might soon be able to have a taste of eternal life. And so we come and we rest in our Christ. We rejoice in the gift of the cross, which is our only hope, the means of our salvation. And we praise our Lord.